0: in my eyes, every game to me is a role playing. And then you, know, then you add the word in there of a junior RPG, and it's just like... It, how, it, that how? is not what JRPG stands for. It's Japanese. That's the same thing. It's all whatever you wanted to call it, John. <laughs> You've never heard the term junior RPG. There is
1: no such term as a junior RPG.
0: Shut up and sit down. Is going on, Dads? And welcome to episode 15 of the Dads thats our show, recorded on Sunday, July nineteenth, 2020. We're your hosts, Drew and John. And thank you for joining us tonight for some Nintendo and that 8-bit booty. John, you know, I have to start off by saying, um, your son Sebastian did a <laughs> fabulous job the other day replacing me. Um, you know, I almost felt that I didn't need to come back. And then I said, no, I need to fucking come back. I'll miss you guys. I miss you. <laughs> um, but uh, I am so happy. I'm sad I missed that. because I love Mayhem. Right. Mayhem is, is our baby and I love it so much and I love being part of it. But what uh, you know, what have been what's been going on over in the Rockies lately over there?
1: <laughs> i i was gonna say when i uh, when i uploaded the episode jesse asked me if he needed to put the explicit tag on it again and i was like nope not this time we didn't have drew <laughs> well I, I mean i broke that in 10 seconds in yeah he was so good yeah he um I mean he's a little shy it's like his first time on a podcast i think i freaked him out i was like I told him like 10 minutes before, I was like, hey, Sebastian, I need to have you on the podcast this week because Drew can't do it. And you're the only one that played a lot of clubhouse. And he's like, "Okay." And then like when it came time, he was like, you could see a little little shell shock in his eyes. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to be on a podcast. Um, But yeah, no, we had to like prod him a little bit. But uh, when he got going, he got going.
0: He did. I was proud. Um,
1: Yeah. And and you missed it. But like and we've talked about it. But man, that mayhem was so good. That, that was the clubhouse was such a
0: perfect game for a mayhem. Really. And you know what? I didn't get to congratulate John's pawns. I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm, I'm disappointed in Drew's clues, John. Um, I held my own. If you didn't notice, I was, I think the third most points in the entire competition. Yeah. That was adorable. Yeah.
1: No, was no, that was adorable. Works.
0: But, it um, is. <laughs> Drew's clues let me down. We need the get our act together, and next contest we need the get our shit back on board and and take it home. All right. <laughs> and there's there's no more of this bullshit around the bush here. So, um, but it was yeah. fun. It was a great contest. It's one of those games that I, you know, it, I think uh, I think it was Nintendo who said it. Um, one I would never have bought and Bought in. That's not a word. Bought I would never bought. bought Clubhouse games. Uh, so I'm so glad I did that. It was a great game. I had a lot of fun with it. My kids loved it. And the other one was the Wild Guns game. I would have never mm-hmm. have played that game in my life. And it was like a fun 45 minute game that I actually really enjoyed. So I'm glad we do this. I'm, I, love, I love this. I love this shit. Yeah. Uh, what else I'm, I, and I'm, still, I'm still interested in playing Clubhouse
1: games. I haven't played in a little while. I haven't played mm-hmm. Animal Crossing in a week. Oh, I haven't um, played in months. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. But, but uh, Wild dead. Guns. Yeah, wild guns. I can't see myself playing again, but uh, but yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was that was a good way to explore the game. I love the rewind feature. Mm. Um, really lets you kind of explore the game without getting frustrated. I mean, look, it takes the challenge out of the game. That game would have been way harder without rewind. Perfect. Um, but at the same time, I would have like lost a couple times in level one and just like closed the game out and said, "Forget it, I'm not doing this." So uh, it's good <laughs> yep. for that sort of thing. I'm I'm doing uh I'm doing pretty good. We got a. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of Nintendo releases that we know about, but
0: we got mm-hmm. Paper Mario. Yes. finally. yeah yeah we'll talk all about that. I have a feeling you've been cheating a little bit on the old Nintendo: on the on the what? On Nintendo.: What do you mean cheating? I don't cheat. You cheat with that spots all the time. Don't play dumb.
1: Oh, you mean, oh you mean like the side piece? the side piece?: Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. the, uh, the 128-bit booty. i i have i have i have them story we this week uh this this episode we are promoting the what have you been playing to its own segment um so it's kind of graduating it's doing like not like not like a full graduation but like you know when kids go from like kindergarten to first grade or whatever like that little kind of graduation so um, well, you know, we 30 can, weeks
0: yeah. in. I mean, we're 30 yeah. weeks in, John. That's, a, yeah. Yeah, that's we'll, a
1: long time. We'll tease a little Paper Mario. We'll tease a little uh, little side piece action. Um, like that. But something that came up uh, a little bit after our last episode that that I wanted to talk about is um, Limited Run. I don't know if you saw this, but Limited Run did their... I don't know what we're going to call it, like, the E3 presentation. Um, there was no E3, obviously, but we're kind of seeing these presentations, like you know, Devolver Digital and whatever, as this is their E3. And Limited Run has, in the last couple of years, been one of my more, I really look forward to their presentations at E3 to see what's coming out. Um, I'm a big physical buyer. Um, There was a moment, a six-month moment, where I was buying everything that I could from LRG. So if if they were releasing a a Mm. Switch game physically, I'm like, I'll buy that, I'll buy that. Um I stopped doing that though. I'm
0: um, I'm happy that you got through that issue cuz that's a yeah. problem. You got, you got through that.
1: And with the shipping and everything, those things get expensive and you're getting some mm-hmm. kind of crap game you didn't care about. So but I was really excited by this one. They I think it was something like 43 announcements they made. Um oh. they were wild and wooly. Um only a handful of those, maybe wild five. And,
0: wild and wooly, huh? <laughs> wild and wooly? Um, <laughs> <laughs> did they bought in that too? Are you not insulting my accent?
1: You're, uh, well, you're, hey,
0: I, I can't talk because of all the people I make up words probably all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
1: no, but they had like a really good announcements and only like five of their game. Look, when did they start making switch games? It was like two and a half years ago or something. Cause it took a while after the switch came out and they finally announced it. I think their first one was thimbleweed park, which was awesome. Because it's one of my favorite games, I got the box set and everything. Is
0: Uh, that? Did I play that? Is that like Bunky Island? I'm thinking of something else. It's like like one of those point and click games. I did play
1: that. So good, such great writing. Was cool. Um, That was the first game that Limited Run made a like a, a, a physical copy for. And now, three years later, there was like 43 announcements, and I would say at most about five of them were PS4 only every other one was exclusive to switch or switch and ps4 um what? for some reason they don't do xbox i'm not sure why um they don't do xbox one games physically um but man everything coming on the switch it's insanity so where's and, where's golf story 2 john did <laughs> they do that that sports story yeah limited run did do that once. oh that's right when is that coming out i don't know everything's so weirdly delayed but, I, I mean, there's going to be a physical copy from a Limited Run if that happens. So, that's for sure. Mm. But they did, they did announce a bunch of really popular games. I, I can run through um, the highlights. Uh, I got like a half dozen of these. But, um, to me, the biggest announcement was Bug Fables. And um, you kind of said pre-show that you weren't aware what Bug Fables is. Interestingly enough, mm. I think you've heard of it. This is the game that's supposed to be a lot like Paper Mario
0: a little look up here
1: yeah it's it it's basically capturing like thousand year door kind of paper mario oh. uh, everybody who plays it always has great things to say about it i have never heard someone say it's not a good game um it's just lacking mario and you know it's not going to have the production quality of the the paper mario games and but i haven't played it um i have thought about playing it and as soon as they announced it i was like well i'm buying that now um, is
0: there a release date there
1: so they I don't remember what the release date is. That should be pretty soon, though. That's fine. That, yeah, because that game yeah. exists. I mean, that's it's out. So correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I it's wanted to portable. get it physically because I know my wife would be interested in playing it. I'm interested in playing it. And I assume one of my kids would. So yeah. I didn't want to get it digital. So that's it for sure. Um, they announced Towerfall, yep. which is one of my favorite party games. Um, six player. It's the guy who made Celeste. Mm mm-hmm. um, it was an Oya exclusive, and uh, yeah, I own it digitally, but yeah, I'm a big fan, so um, Tower Falls cool. They announced Super Meat Boy Forever, which is fun because that game hasn't come out yet, and mm-hmm. we're dying to know when it will, um, but they did the Super Meat Boy release uh, LRG, so um, yeah, so when that game comes out, so I was going to buy that day one, but now I'm just going to get it physically day one so i don't know how long it'll take but wait um, Bud fables is out now the game is out now Digitally, I'm yes about yes yeah got gotcha, just wanted to make uh, um, sure another game that's out now that i have been i have been waiting six months to get this on sale and it's never gone on sale return of the Oberdin. um it's actually the same developer that made papers please um which isn't on switch uh but Yeah, this game is supposed to be really cool. It's a little detective game. It's not a long game, and I've been waiting to get it on sale. It's never gone on sale. Now they announced it physical, so I'm buying it there. Mm -hmm. It's Katana Zero, which I didn't like. Um, I don't think I played that while we did this podcast, but um, Katana Zero came out the same day as Cuphead, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And I was excited for both. And cuphead. I never quite got to katana Zero for a while because i got I played cuphead first. and uh, yeah, Katana Zero wasn't quite as good as I had hoped. Um, so I don't know. But um, a lot of people are excited about that one. Curse of the Moon Two is the bloodstained uh, is is the eight bit version of bloodstained. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the most fair way to describe it, but that game's really good. If you love the original Castlevania games, you'd love Curse of the Moon. Um, It's really one of the best indie titles right now. Um, And Curse of the Moon 2 is out digitally, and it's coming out physically. Um, In fact, LRG did a collector's edition of it when it came out, when the first game came out. So definitely looking for that one. And then Castlevania Collection, which was super crazy. Yeah. Because Ami is a big developer, Mm -hmm. and usually indies that work with LRG. So... Yeah, Castlevania. I mean, that's a pretty good collection. I never did get it, um, but I think the big highlight on that collection is um, Bloodlines, which was the Genesis exclusive, um, and I've never played that game. I've heard it's really good, and so I was going to get this collection to play, just really just play Bloodlines, because I've played the other games. Oh, I yeah, do yeah, yeah.
0: go
1: through um, Castlevania 2, the weird one. With, that's uh, my favorite one. Yeah, with the RPG sort of elements. Diamond's Quest. Yeah. So I would love to play that game too, but uh yeah, this one has bloodline, so that's coming out physical as well. So yep. any of these games, uh they're all most of them are out
0: digitally now. What would I say like Well, it's good because I need I need uh after Paper Mario John. I mean, we don't know. So I'm I'm glad to see uh there's some options out there for us. Mm-hmm. And I think you cuz you love Paper Mario and I so I
1: think yeah. you would really like Bug Fables. So it might be a game that you uh, mm. maybe pick up.
0: I think so too. Yeah, very exciting. Very good. Um, and then, of course, Super Mario has been released. I mean, what? I, I mean, I'm, I was pumped. I, I kind of wanted to go in blind to this, but um super excited Whoop. for Paper Mario. Super excited. Yeah, I, there were some things that I thought were obvious that you didn't
1: know, so I, I don't want to ruin it for you.
0: I stayed far away um, from the treehouse. I mean, I watched the original release trailer uh i that was it really i didn't want to I, I just you know there's so much negativity now you know john it's like people ruin shit for you before you even get a chance to give your own uh you know thoughts or opinion on it right? you know there's always going to people comparing it to the old way or the rpg or why'd they change the battle system and we'll get all we'll get into all of that a little bit more when we when we, we move into the next segment but um yeah yeah, it's out there. It's super great. I mean, I think a lot of people are playing that right now, and it's smart. You know, everyone was talking about the direct. So, yeah, where is it going to be? I mean, I personally think Nintendo would have been stupid to have a direct before Paper Mario came out because um, they want people to buy Paper Mario. If you had a direct last week that says, Hey, August 1st, uh, we're having some new games, or we have a shadow drop of this new indie game today, you're just telling people. Hey, you don't need to go out and buy Paper Mario because there's a new game coming for you and just, you know, wait a week. So I I never thought Nintendo was gonna do one before this. They they're gonna push the crap out of this game. But and they've they, done
1: they... that, but they have done that in the past where they say yeah, one, but... like before the game comes out, they want to show you some new mechanics or maybe maybe show you a new boss or something to get you like newly excited. Cause I think what oh, happens yeah. is they, 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 they announce these games and then they kind of settle into your system and you're like, Oh, paper Mario, paper Mario. Now suddenly Paper Mario isn't new, even though there's like 30 hours of game that you haven't seen, but Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, I know about it. And like, even though we only heard about this game, like barely a month ago, uh, it's, it's still like paper Mario. We know about paper Mario. It feels like we've known about paper Mario for a year, but if you do another direct and you show maybe some new sequence or some new mechanics or whatever, it kind of like energizes people and they go, okay, cool. That's coming out in a few days. I'm I'm going to pre-order right now,
0: you know? But, but I think, I think I'm talking more about, direct that shows other games like yeah. like future games you know that people are on the fence about people mario you're gonna push all those people you know on the wrong side of the fence now not to buy it yeah i don't know i
1: mean what I like think- another
0: game's coming out in three months and so you're gonna be like
1: i'm not gonna buy No, Paper but what
0: mario. if they did a shadow drop or they have a game coming out in august people might say oh i'll wait i'm gonna save my 60 dollars i'd rather buy that game
1: yeah no nah, i mean they've done it in the past yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little surprised. Do you think
0: we're going to get a direct this week, possibly? I, I don't know. I'm not one to speculate on that shit. I, I, and the only thing that I will say is I, I look into, you know, the numbers, right? I'm, I'm a Justin's business guy all day long uh, as being a stockholder myself. But I, I think that they mm-hmm. do need to give some answers. I truly do. So I think there has to be something this week only for that reason. And that's that is strictly my reason why. Yeah, I mean every day that
1: goes by right now, we we know of no Nintendo releases, um, which is
0: weird. I'll tell you uh, what, if they don't have a Tourette, I'm gonna be nervous for my stock portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> don't be one of those guys. <laughs> hey, Nintendo has made me a lot of money. I bought over a hundred shares right. when it was down at ten dollars, and right. as you know, it's like at fifty-five. So I made a good chunk of money off of right off of but our still, baby. Still, but still, like. They, they, the system is
1: still selling off the shelves and all that jazz. Oh, you can't so. find
0: it. It's still not there. You can't find them yeah. anywhere.
1: I, part of me doesn't matter. Like If if hypothetically 2020 was like... Th- let's say there was no more Nintendo games that came out this year. And we know Bravely Default is coming, and but it's like a Square Enix game. But mm-hmm. um, even if no games came out, I would be like, you know what? I'm willing to accept that if it, it, me- it just means 2021 and maybe 2022 or just bigger explosions it's like okay you know this year you know keep yourselves busy take care of your backlogs play some third-party games whatever i mean it's not like there's nothing to play um but Mm -hmm. yeah you got to think i mean you got to think i don't like to speculate either i used to Mm -hmm. i don't like to speculate i've gotten really tired of it all these people with these hot rumors and this person leaked this and they got it right last time but yeah this is the first week where the game is released now and nintendo you know got to start telling us what's next, what's coming, you know, so... Uh...
0: Well, they're tell, like I said, they're going to tell their stockholders. I truly believe that. Um, anywho, speaking of Paper Mario, John, mm-hmm. um, we talked about a little bit earlier, you and Sebastian, uh, Monthly Mayhem is upon us, mm-hmm. and we know the two games, right? We know that we're going to be playing Paper Mario, or we're going to play Donkey Kong Country, and the beauty about this month is is that each games are equal. Typically, if you play the old retro game, you don't have a chance at winning the $15 grand prize. That's not the case this month, John. You can play either game, and all of the money is up for grabs. Um, that, that's just the beauty of it. And the best part about this is that you just go play the game. You're playing these games anyway, so play them, which means I want to see a ton of people submit their damn entries this month. Um, just submit one even this week, just to show us that you're playing. I want to see how many people we're going to get And then we can continue to post them throughout. So let's get the trash talking going. Let's talk a little bit of hints and tips and tricks in the Discord channel um, and have a lot of fun with that. Now, I know you guys are still asking us, well, how the hell do I get points or how do I win? Uh, By the time you're listening to this, there's a good chance the scorecard is going to be out. So today is Sunday. The plan is is that either Monday, maybe Tuesday, but probably Monday, we're going to get that scorecard out there to learn how to score points. Uh, for monthly mayhem this month, so super excited because uh, this is just a relapse. Last last month was a very competitive, high score base. This one is just going to be go play the game and just have some fun. Um, and I think that's the beauty of mayhem. We try to mix that up, but yeah, we definitely do. We like that like it was so competitive, and we did the
1: what was it? the last mayhem with the clubhouse was like a month and a half or something.
0: Yeah, what did we do before that?
1: Uh, I can't remember, but like yeah, some we, of the some of them have yeah. gone longer than a month. And this one was was definitely a long battle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's nice. It's almost like taking a month off. A lot of people are going to play Paper Mario. Uh, but Donkey Kong Country is an old favorite. So how many do you think more people are going
0: to play Paper Mario or Donkey Kong Country? Oh, man, that's uh, that's a tough one. Because I think that, um, I mean, everybody, I'm going to say 95% of the people have Donkey Kong Country. Well, so. right. I don't know who's going to... I think it's going to be a very close 50-50 split. Yeah. Yeah, normally yeah. I would
1: say they're going to play the new Nintendo game, but yeah. I mean, there's a, there's going to be people that aren't just aren't interested in Paper Mario. And yeah. Uncon um, Country is a, a legendary game in the Nintendo Pantheon,
0: so I played it a little bit today, and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, How's the graphics it's... holding up? I mean... I haven't played you, that game in a long time. You
1: know, I have I have thrown it in when I had my real Super Nintendo hooked up and I was like, wow, this game aged really badly. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was going to have the same opinion. But I, I don't know. I, I, I kicked it off on the switch online. Obviously, the resolution's a lot lower for the TV screen and everything. Mm-hmm. But it the, the platforming held up. I like I yeah, was no like, no oh, lag you know, or anything like that. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But, like, sure. I mean, it really holds well. It, it's It's very fun and playable. The thing that I noticed was in games like this, they're kind of collectathons. Mm. And I love I love platformers, but I love platformers where you have to like not only beat the stage, but you have, to, and we'll I'll come back to this later. But you not only beat the stage, but then you have to like find all the Kong letters like in Donkey Kong Country mm-hmm. and find all the collectibles. And so you might play a level four or five times over and over and over again to perfect it. Um, and this game kind of has that. It has, you know, the Kong letters. And, and I th- I'm not sure that these ostrich statues, I don't remember that in the game, but they're there. But the thing about it is it doesn't have like a stat screen showing you your individual percentages, um, where you have the Kong letters and all that. I, I need to explore it a little bit more. But, like, you know, a lot of the Mario games, like, the flag will turn a certain color. Like, remember um, 3D World? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, you had to get through the level, you had to get on top of the flagpole, you had to do the level with all six characters, and you had to find the three big coins... So, like, you would go through a level over and over again trying to do different things. Mm. And that was represented on the map. You'd see the flagpoles if they hit the flagpole. They'd turn certain colors if you if you got all the three coins. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, this game is older. It doesn't really have that. I mean, it's just the saving is... It only saves when you get to Candy's store. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird and a little bit clunky. And, obviously, the newer Donkey Kong is going to save constantly like tropical freeze and all that so mm. it, it's aged a little bit there for sure but i mean it's fun to play it's smooth platforming it's not as heavy as the uh, tropical freeze i'm trying to remember the game before it was like donkey kong country returns um where donkey kong feels heavier now when you move with them there's more momentum for a large monkey <laughs> <laughs> and in this one you you move pretty quickly there it's like mario mechanics so uh well the nah, beauty that's... is is you can rewind right john you can rewind. You can totally rewind if you need to. Um, in some ways, I think it might be a little easier to to do everything. Um, you yeah. know, try to get 101%, but um, that's okay. Whatever you want to play. Got to pick one, though. That's right. Can't do both. Got to pick one. Hey, Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, something happened that hasn't happened in a long time this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I run a little group called the Denver Amiibo Hunters. Okay. Um, we started this group back when amiibo hunting was hard as fuck. Like, you had to get a Rosalina amiibo, and if you weren't in line an hour and a half early, day of, to get one of like six of them, and they've never been seen in stores again. You know what I mean? Do
0: you know there used to um, be an app for that?
1: There were apps. Uh, people were using those online stock trackers mm. um, I had some friends we would like trade like if we were at a store and they ran out of like a rare one you would just yeah. buy and you saw another rare one you you just buy the other one and you'd n- no doubt find somebody who couldn't find that one um, and one of my good friends Dylan I uh, I met because I think I had a Robin that I traded oh I think I had a silver Mario or one it was like a silver Mario or a Robin that I traded for, like, Splatoon Boy. (laughs) Those were hard
0: to find for a while. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, and, I mean, you can't find them in stores either. They have, like, a small selection of them, but, I mean, of the over 100 of the Amiibos, most of them you can't find in stores anywhere. Uh, But they announced the two, uh, the first two DLC fighters are coming October 2nd. So, joker and hero and they yeah, both was hot they
0: well, uh, are nice sculpt have they come to the point mm. and again I I, that they're just novelties right i mean i i don't really i can't tell you the last time i bought an amiibo i think it was probably actually i think it was a link um oh my god uh, not no not toon link it was the uh, the link from um link's awakening oh right the glossy yeah. looking one yeah. but but these new ones that have been coming out for um Smash, mm-hmm. what are they doing for you? If I stand in them in game, what does it do for me? Um, I don't know. So I my mean, point I, is, I, is, that people aren't buying them anymore for game participation or to use them. They're buying them to oh, put on their shelf.
1: Yeah, oh, I right?
0: think. Um, I think people are hunting down the Animal Crossing ones
1: for some of the game usage there, but. Yeah, they're just they're just so incredibly cool. They're statues that I mean, you know, some of those statues can go for hundreds of dollars. No, these stop are it. these are really no, I mean like big statues, oh, not yes, Amiibo. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 So these are like a nice, colorful statue. The newer ones they've raised the price on them. I think they're like sixteen dollars now, but they're much more detailed. Um, they're they're the difference between the original Amiibo and the Amiibos now. I mean, they're like night and day. I mean, they're so cool, and the Joker one looks so good. The hero one looks good. I mean, I can't wait for the Min Min Amiibo. Are you going to get that one? The Min Min Amiibo.
0: Which one is that? Min Min from Arms. Oh, no, not, I don't I don't play Arms. Don't but know. remember the Goblin good. from Diablo? That was a good one. Yes. That was one of my favorites. We, we would both use them. Remember, we would use well, it for day. A good, yeah, it had a good use. Yeah. That, that little uh, extra dungeon it unlocked. The once yeah. a day treasure dungeon.
1: No, I mean, a lot of them do have use. I think that was, like, one of the best uses. Mm. Um, but I would buy them anyway. I have every single one. I, I have a collection to maintain. So you don't I'm have
0: every single Amiibo. Of, I,
1: I have every North American Amiibo on my wall in the Jesus. in the cart. Yes. God, you know, oh, God. Bless I'll, you. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> I love you, John. So, I even do. Even if I wanted to quit, I can't. I have to keep going. Luckily, and this is crazy, the last Amiibo that came out January 17th. Dark Samus and Richter, we are going to be, what is that? What's what's the quick math there? Nine right, months. Nine months between Amiibo. If you got your wife pregnant, <laughs> that baby would have come when the next Amiibo comes out. These things used to come out every couple weeks, and a lot of times, like, three or four a day. I'm um, mm. Honestly, I love them, but I'm glad they did slow it down, because uh, just cost-wise and the stress of finding them, Just got to be too much. Joker looks really cool though, so I'm very excited. Um, So we said, What have you been playing is going to become its own segment. What do you say we get started? What have you been playing? Peppers, mushrooms, olive chive. Pepperoni, onion, peppers, mushrooms, olive chive. (laughs) Therapy, therapy. Advertising causes me. Therapy, therapy. Advertising causes me. Therapy.
0: All right, John, what have we been playing? I mean, I know you probably have a long laundry list because uh, that's that's what you do. You, you play games uh, and you finish them. And speaking of finishing on a full body, uh, tell me about this game that you did an amazing review for uh, dads and um, you were kind of excited about it and then I don't really know what happened. So tell me about it. Yeah, I, you
1: know, Catherine, I was really excited for. Um, I'll let my review speak for itself but i you know overall eh, just an average game i i spent a lot of time not even excited to play it um there was a few moments where i was determined to finish some of the block levels um mm-hmm. i don't know it wasn't 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 great wasn't i i like i said i spent years waiting to play it one um, through
0: ten what would you give it eh, five okay
1: yeah it just wasn't it didn't didn't have that exciting gameplay, but yeah, I, I have a review on the Nintendo Dad's YouTube channel. Um, go yeah. check it out. Um, yeah, I think Catherine I think I got all my full points. Body, directly, right? so. Full Catherine body, right, Catherine? Full Full body. Yeah, because there's an original game called Catherine. Um, this is sort of an expansion of it. So uh, you get the
0: full body, baby.
1: I, I'll give them credit. They could have just remastered it, and they just said, "Well, we're going to add another major character and." Yeah, when you play it, you're like, "Wow, this character wasn't in the first game," so they they added quite a bit. Um, but yeah, the big game that I played this week, um, a non Nintendo, a little side piece, but I was very excited to play it. Cheater, um, the Last of Us remastered on PS4. Um, and I did want to talk about this a little bit. I know it's a Nintendo show.
0: Really quick, what's the remaster? I'm, I'm not, I'm not a so, PS. I don't, I don't cheat. I'm a non-cheater. The so last what's the of remastered? us remastered is that is that yeah. just a DM- I've heard of it. I know what it is. I didn't know I thought it was a new game though well, let me tell you, the oh.
1: last of us no, 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 don't get this confused with the sequel. um, the last of us came out on the p s three like seven years ago, okay. and then uh from what I know, they remastered it like a year later when the p s four came out just you know just a case of a really good game okay. uh, a lot of people say it's the best looking game on the p s three um you know here for the PS4 audience. Um, but but apparently, I mean, I've seen the graphics on PS3, and it it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, this is a game. So the sequel came out a few weeks ago. Last gotcha. Of Us 2. That's
0: what I've been... Gotcha. Yeah. That's why i little
1: confused um, there. This is regarded as... There was a little topic on my gaming group about what's the best game ever made that you haven't played yet. And this came up uh, for me. I said I've never played The Last of Us. And a big reason why is I actually owned it. I had bought it used and I've owned it for two or three years and I've never gotten to it. So, yeah. So I, I, I started this one up and it's, it's very much in the style of like the Tomb Raider games, the Uncharted games. Um, right. I'd have to say mostly Uncharted because these are the, this is Naughty Dogs, the same people that made Uncharted. And, um, yeah, it follows a story of a character named Joel. Um,
0: First who, person or third person?
1: It is third person. Ooh, much yes. better. Yeah, yeah, I can't do first person. Mm. Um, Funnily enough, my manager's name is Joel and has a full dark beard. And the the character in this game is Joel with a full dark beard. Nice. Um, Yeah, and it's a great little it's like a story game. There's lots of action in it. It is not a super action game. It's not to me. It's not a Tomb Raider game. Okay. Um, you're mostly running around, picking up items, crafting items and um, shooting zombies and there's a lot of story with you and the um there's a 14-year-old girl named Ellie. And um Ellie kind of takes center stage in the sequel. Um but yeah, like just following these two characters, um I won't give away any of the story. I really feel like if you haven't played this game and you, you know, you have it or you have a PS4, you really should play it. Um it's it's a really great story. You start to get really connected to these characters. As I I connected really well with Ellie. She's kind of like at this age where she's young and you're protecting her. But at the same time, she like she's a little foul mouth. She's like a little Drew. And um, it's really kind of cool. She's like so she's like, you know, she's like, oh, fuck that or whatever. And it's just funny because she's you can see she's she's maturing. (laughs) And um, yeah, no, it was really good. And it's not a terribly long game. I would say it was like 14 hours or something
0: like that. But it's definitely like world ending type game it's 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 a yeah it's a
1: it's a the world is ending it's really it's kind of funny it's like a walking dead type thing going on okay um but it's really funny because when you're playing it now it's all about a pandemic happened and it's a little too close to home so um but no really good and um i enjoyed it immensely i wouldn't call it a 10 out of 10 game because this game is regarded as a, a masterpiece Um, I wouldn't call it that I really enjoy the Tomb Raider games a lot more because the action sequences are more lively. There's more falling and even Uncharted had this, too. There's more falling and climbing and people on your tail or whatever. This game, the action sequence just aren't there. It's these dumb zombies. There's only like three or four types. And um, it's more about the story. And it does a great job with the story. Um, so it's a really great game. Um, really enjoyed it. I played the DLC. There's like a three hour DLC that came with it. Um, that was also very good. Um, and I'll be playing the sequel probably down the road. I, quite possibly dying. I'm going to be taking Christmas week off. I might play it during Christmas week. So um, it's nice. really good. And then the um, <coughs> second game that I played. this is on the switch. Mark of the Ninja. Mm-hmm. I've had a I've had a blast with this game. It's been on my backlog for a while. Um, it's made by Clay. And those are the, uh, um, do you ever play Don't Starve? What? Uh, no. Don't, there's a game called Don't Starve. I won't get into it, but um, Clay does a good job. And, uh, the oh, man, I love this game, Mark and the Ninja. Um, so you are a ninja, and you have a set of missions that you do. There's a storyline I won't get into. It's not all that interesting.
0: So, so 2D side-scroller.
1: 2D, not a side-scroller, but yeah, like 2D platform game. Platform. So it's same. But it's a little different. It, you're not just jumping around. You know what I mean? You're When you move, you kind of move like a ninja. And if you're like, you can climb on the wall, and then like, it's hard to explain, but you don't just jump off the wall. You actually will shimmy to the ceiling or shimmy to the, the floor. And it's very much about stealth. Um, there's lots of All of your movements, all of the game mechanics are based on stealth. You can look through like you get to go through all the heating vents, you know, and you can look outside the vents and you can like stab guards and then drag them through the vents because you you not only have to kill the guards, but you also want to hide their bodies because other guards might come across the bodies and then they know you're there. Um, It's just amazing to see a game that the mechanics are just totally reinvented for the genre. And, <clears throat> I mean, Last of Us had a lot of stealth elements, but really it was just a matter of you being able to, like, put chokeholds on people. Otherwise, the game just controlled like any other game. This game controls like no other game. It actually takes a little bit of getting used to, um, but so much fun. Um, it's not a long game. I did beat it. And, I'm yeah, I'm going through trying to 100% it. There's all these lots of, like, completion bonuses um you know you have to find three scrolls in every level you have three challenges in every level you have to get a mm-hmm. high score in every level um so i've been replaying the game and i'm like halfway through now trying to 100 percent it I, I just can't put it away it's really great um really loved it i hope nice. to make a sequel to it so
0: um that's been me what have you been playing awesome um so since we've been on i continued my xenoblade chronicles adventure and I was going through the future connected, uh, which is which is the new I guess, um, sequel or it, it's kind of it's the events that happened after, and it's not really a spoiler alert because it tells you right in the beginning. it's one year after the game is done, so it's oh, one, one, year year. After, okay. one year after one year after. And I fucking loved it. I liked this portion of the game better than I liked the entire Xenoblade Chronicles game, and I'll wow. tell you why. Uh, so there's a few things. What they did with the with the first one, with a lot of like the the steel trees and they that the seeing the future and predicting some of the things that to me felt like they weren't great. Even the steel tree in the original game. Uh, it wasn't great. It was almost confusing, and I feel like they didn't really get any benefit out of it. You, you know what I'm talking about with mm-hmm. like, the link? It was just an odd thing. So they get rid of that. There's no more future stuff. They kind of simplify the game a little bit more. I cannot stand the future stuff. It's stupid. <laughs> but Xenoblade so can be an overwhelming game, and once you really start digging in, you un- understand it, but they simplified it so well, and it's a short, simple story. I mean, it's not the best story. I'll give you that, but it's tied in a little bit. It makes sense, but what really, really made me love the game so much was by far the, um, just the world. So just like in, in the, in the world of Xenoblade, it was almost too massive and you had zero reason to explore, right? You had some side quests to explore this game. You had a reason to explore and I explored every single nook and cranny in the entire <laughs> map, um, You know how, like, when you go to the, when the, and you look at the map, it's kind of blacked out, and then when you explore it, it, they they reveal it. I Mm. had zero black spots my entire map. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So they reward you. There's treasure troves that you have to find, um, which is kind of like these little, I don't know. Treasure troves. I think that's what they call them, treasure troves. Um, it's kind of just like a, like a, a, a hidden treasure chest. I think there's three or four of them, but they usually have some very high type of armor or weapon in them, um. And I don't want to get into spoiling what the point of it was, but there's tons of little things that make you want to search. And we're going to talk about graphics in a little bit, but this is the type of graphics that I love. I don't need over-the-top type graphics, but there was times, um, you know, this this type of game has the, 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 the night and day, you know, sunrise, sunset s- schedule. So there was times at the nighttime, I literally just like, controller up into space and looked around because (laughs) they have so much little details and then even in the daytime it's one of those games you know sometimes you play these games like that have this cycle and you either hate the daytime or you hate the nighttime this is like the perfect balance of like i i enjoy both so it's like a nice little change up uh you know the enemies kind of change a little bit the glowing of the enemies change Uh, The scenery changes, like the reflection of the moon. It's the stars. It's just such a cool, well-done game. And I think of it being only really... I think I spent maybe 15 to 17 hours. I'd have to look. It's just that perfect game knowing where you know there's an end. Where sometimes those massive 50-plus-hour games, it's like... It's almost to the point where when you feel repeatable... And Xenoblade does feel repeatable. Especially with the the fight-and-combat system sometimes... You lose your interest, and there's a certain point in every game that's long like that. You're sometimes like, you know, I just kind of wish it was over. And, and and Witcher, I didn't really feel that way, right? Witcher wasn't like, because the well, repeatability was gone. Them. Well, that's a different reason. I, I finished. I mean, I finished on Triss. That that was <laughs> the, the point of the game for me, and I right. did that. But there was never a time in The Witcher where I was like, eh, I'm getting tired of it. It was just, I think the game came out. I needed to move on but this was just the perfect game you know the insight um so by far awesome game if you played the first one and you have this i really strongly recommend giving it a go i think if you wanted to just play straight through it it's like 12 hours um ish so uh if you really want to explore everything i think i spent like i said 15 but what i've been playing since friday i think i put eight hours in, maybe seven so far paper mario the origami king uh super excited for this game i needed this i needed a nice good mario or a new nintendo game in me and um man am i am i loving it it's love it it's, they're, yeah they're doing a great job there's so mm-hmm. many things to collect which is great for mayhem but um you were a fan of color splash right i loved color splash so paper mario origami king is Color Splash. It's the same exact mechanics besides one major change. They get, they got rid of the worst part of Color Splash, which was the card system. Yes. And they the new battle system, which I'll talk about in a second. But the actual game, uh, they have these holes throughout the world that you have to throw confetti on. How fun is that? So the idea of, <laughs> of Color Splash, where you were collecting paint to paint the, the maps that were, you know, parts of the world that were missing... You're collecting confetti and you're filling in the holes with confetti. It's it's literally it's exactly that, the same. Exactly yeah. the same, uh, which is okay. Uh, but the mechanics are great. I think the menus are easy to navigate. Um, you unlock some things as you go along. Uh, I'm not. It's not really a secret because you pause it and see that you have accessories that make the game easier for you. Uh, so it's not really armor, but it's the type of accessories that you can add. Um, there's the map is is great, well done. You can see your progress in the in the in the title screen. The title screen is actually, not the title screen, the pause screen is actually very well done with different sections, and and you can see everything you need to do. Now let's talk about the battle system for a second, because when you saw the battle system in the trailer, it was very like, oh boy, did Paper Mario fuck this up again, right? Because mm. everybody loves the old school. You know, turn-based, RPG elements, you know, no stickers, nothing. Just You know, your badges and stuff like that. Right. Um, so when I first saw this, I was like, eh, that's, I don't know about this. But let me tell you, John, they executed this battle system perfectly. Perfectly. Perfect. And the reason why is what I'm telling you is is that for the first time in a long time I played a game, it rewards you. If you know what you're doing and you think about the puzzle and that's what it is. Each battle is a puzzle. Now, don't get me wrong. When you just fight a small little Goomba, it's not as difficult. But a little bit later in the game when you're fighting, you know, 12 enemies on the screen or 16 enemies on this little turntable. Um, and for those that don't know what I'm talking about, you start off um, in the middle of this. Think of like a, a bullseye. And I think there's there's four rings that go outside of the bullseye. Mm-hmm. And your enemies can sit on each ring. And then if you think about it like a clock, there's probably 10 numbers, right? Almost. So there's 10 spots around that circle that the enemy could go on as well as four different rings. And um, depending on each turn, you get to move the rings around so you can rotate them, you know, clockwise or counterclockwise. And you can also move them closer to the center of the bullseye or away from the bullseye. And it's a puzzle to solve these enemies that you want to line them up in a row or next to each other so you can maximize the damage and if you solve the puzzle every turn well, every time you start a battle it's solvable what i mean by that is you can always line them up to perfection and if you do that you you do one and a half times your damage and it really gets your head thinking there's times like my head hurt like like looking at the screen i'm like oh my god how am i going to solve this so the beauty of it is if you can't solve it it's okay you can you just take more turns to kill the guys and you might take some damage and you might take some damage but if you solve that little puzzle you could almost defeat all the enemies without them attacking um and the boss battles they, they add this new element uh which makes it even cooler and a little more complicated but again it it's a rewarding system, which I think they really nailed. Where I feel like, great if I solve that little puzzle before I start that battle, I get you know little one up bonus there. But if I don't, it's going to hurt me. You know, I right. think it's perfect. I, I I I, it's not as fun, don't get me wrong, as the turn base, right? It's, it's just a different type of strategy, and um, it's cool. It's different. You know, I never played anything like it. Uh, and then overall, I mean, I, I think the game itself has tons of collectibles um, with the toads out there. There's these little hidden treasures that you kind of have to find by going off the beaten path or finding something. There's uh, the question blots. And then um, what's the other one? Oh, the, the, the holes that we talked about. So mm-hmm. overall, I love the graphical. I think the story's fun. I think it's funny how, uh you know, it's fun to see that when you see a normal enemy, they're almost on your side, you know, because it's not the origami enemy, but, uh, I'm really yeah. enjoying i am really enjoyed it. I I'm at the boss of the second world. And, um, I, I was surprised how long it took to beat world one. I was like five hours in and I was still on world one, which I, for paper Mario, I was, I was happy, but a little surprised.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the game's going to be a certain length anyway. So whether you're world one or world eight or whatever, yeah. it's still going to scale yeah i've enjoyed it so far as well i'm not nearly as far in um the battle system i'm enjoying because you know i everyone wants that traditional like Mm. jump on the character or hit him with the hammer and then there's like five different kinds of hammers and six different kinds of boots Mm. but you know what like we that we've had that battle system for several of these paper mario games and that includes like the mario rpg games yeah. So and Nintendo, I think, is smart enough to realize, look, we don't need that again. It's Because then everyone's going to complain it's the same battling system, mm. blah, blah, blah. This is kind of like a puzzle aspect. So I, I like how it it's almost it like having is, a little yeah. puzzle
0: game kind of mixed it, it in. It really is. Yeah. And um, and, and I don't want to spoil another part of it. I think you've gotten here. But there I, I also, people might hate this, but I love the idea of breakable items. I, we started Breath of the Wild. And I don't know if you made it this far John. I mean it's not that far. It, no, I didn't. <laughs> but essentially and, and sorry but it's not really a spoiler because it's it's it, it the, the items you get that you use are breakable as far as like special hammers or special boots or stuff like that. Mm. Um as you know there's no badges or anything in this game that I know of. Right. Yeah.
1: No, I I, I like it. Um it's different. It's um uh, puzzly. It's, it hasn't been too complicated yet. I know it will be um the game has been fairly linear so far i think a lot of the the paper mario games tend to be kind of linear anyway um i I don't really mind it too much um yeah no i'm excited i i find myself something about like remember like you said in color splash and a lot of people didn't like color splash Mm. and that's why a lot of these reviews it's been nice a lot of these reviews for paper mario i could just ignore because it just seems to be a very divisive game some people love it some people hate it so it's like, mm. oh, the fact that, you know, Joe didn't like the game it doesn't bother me. I don't go. Oh, it's going to no. be a bad game. It's like, oh, I'm going to play it because I'm going to have a totally different opinion of it. And uh, yeah, I'm still super early. But, you know, it's hey, a uh, that color splash thing. You you could paint all those little unpainted surfaces. And most mm-hmm. of the time, the only thing it did for you, sometimes it would give you something. But the only thing it really did for you was added to your completion. And that's it. But you know what? You'd go see a world and go, oh, it's like 90 percent. Oh, there's there's some paint. (laughs) And I do remember one time like going across this whole level, trying to find what was probably a little tiny splotch of paint, you know, to get from 99 percent to 100.
0: So, yeah, I like I like the whole wiring thing. It just gives you something stupid to do. It does. I agree. It's fun. And and the last part I'm gonna say is any type of new Mario game like this, they're gonna come with new surprises. And then I just love the fact of exploring a new area. When you unlock a new world, you're like, Oh, what's the theme of this world gonna be? And again, I'm only in the second world, but the first two worlds that I've seen are very different than again, any other Mario with a cool little unique twist, which I love. I mean, you've seen the Toad Town, right? I mean, Toad Town itself is cool, it's fun, it's I You don't, it's just, it's so cool to see Nintendo and how they develop and design each little area. So super cool. Yeah. And my favorite part is like,
1: as you rescue the toads, they show up in your battles and they're in the stands. Oh, that's great. Have you tried
0: hitting Y and using it? I haven't
1: done the Y yet because I just haven't had a need, but like, I'll I'll, I'll find a few, I'll find a few toads. And the next time I go to battle, there's just more and I'm like, oh, they're here to are
0: on. I love it. One time by accident, I hit it like eight times, and you see like eight toads run to the screen and help you. I think they charge you coins every time you want to use them. They do. But But I have a ton of money, so. You do have a ton, but I've got to imagine at some point you need it for something. Yeah, I'd start saving it. (laughs) So (laughs) awesome. That's Paper Mario Origami Chain. Highly recommend you guys give it a go if you have not yet. Um, I think they did a great job. I'm super excited to keep playing. Yep. 100%. Here we come. All right. What do you say we move on to our main topic?
1: We've got an interesting one. Let's go to the main topic. Let's see what we got cooking today.
0: I went out on a date with a girl a bit late. She had so many friends. I brought my pogo stick just to show her a trick. She had so many friends.
1: All right, Drew. I want to talk about graphics this week. Look, sure. it's not a, it's not a big news week. We were kind of hoping to talk about it direct, but um, when we don't have anything really to talk about it, we have our own topics and I want to talk about graphics. And here is why I want to talk about graphics. As you know, about a month ago, I bought an Xbox one. Um, mm, I cheated. Bought it... cheated. <laughs> exactly. I bought it simply because the cyberpunk edition, I just couldn't resist it. Okay. I didn't buy an Xbox one because I wanted to play this
0: game or that game or the other so thing. Can I, can I ask you a quick question on that? If this hot chick came out and had these massive tits with big cleavage, you wouldn't just cleavage. You wouldn't just go to her. You have a wife. You're married. You're committed. So you cheated. But it's a game. It's okay. It's good.
1: I let her play. Yeah, she can play with us. Um, Mm. so, So here's the thing. So I've been playing some Xbox games. And one of the games that I played, one of the first real games I played after I played through Rime um, was a game called Near Automata. OK, platinum is a platinum game thing. Right. And I will say this. I actually quit playing Near Automata. I don't quit very often. Um, I just wasn't having fun. And this but this isn't a review about Nier Automata. Um, I'm playing my Xbox on a 1080p screen. Right. I have the most powerful console on the market, the Xbox One X. Okay, mm-hmm. and by all objective reasons, Nier Automata is a pretty game. It's got good graphics, right? But here's the thing: I realized while I was playing it, and there's these long sequences where you're just running around, and I'm like looking at the scenery, going, "Wow, you know, like yeah, a Switch game doesn't look like this. Look at the scenery. Look at the there's no pop in. Look at all the you know, look at all the explosions going on and everything. Mm. No pine. And, and I'm going, you know what? It doesn't excite me like I'm not like sitting here in awe of this beautiful game. And then and then after I went through Nier, I played, I told you before, Last of Us and Last of Us is one of the most graphically incredible games of a, of a generation. OK, it still holds up. It's still one of the best games looking that you're going to see. And at no time did I look at them and go, oh, my gosh, this game is breathtaking this game's amazing. The graphics are incredible. And it really occurred to me, like, we say it a lot about, you know, recent consoles that the gap in graphics between one gen to the next gen is getting smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really true. It's not something that you just say because you're a Nintendo fan and graphics be damned. Um, the graphics just don't affect me like they did when I was a kid. I'm just not in awe. There's nothing that I have played in recent years that I was just like, wow, like (laughs) this is incredible. I mean, there are certainly games that I'll go, this game is really pretty. I mean, when I played Astral Chain, I was like, wow, this game's really pretty, Breath of the Wild. Um, There's certainly that. But it just doesn't hit me like it used to. And I want to know, what do you think about graphics and when has when's the last time a game has really just hit you, um, just from a purely graphical point of view, just really made you just breathless? Do, do they affect you? Like you're a, you're a younger man. Oh, do they affect oh. you or not affect you the way I'm describing?
0: You know, I it, you're right. So so sure, being younger, I feel like it it should, but it does not affect me. Um. Yeah, you know, I mean. Don't get me wrong, I just talked about Xenoblade, you know, 20 minutes ago, about pausing for a minute and just looking up at the sky. I am a huge guy as far as um, environment, exploring the world. So mm-hmm. I think that goes for two things. Um, when it comes to that style, yeah, I mean, I don't want the N64 blots, but um, I don't. it doesn't bother me too much. You know, I think that the graphics can help the game be a little bit smoother. But at the same time, it's it doesn't ever it would never stop me from playing a game. I mean, John, you're talking to the guy that fucking completed Pine, okay? I mean, there, there there's nothing that's gonna stop me from playing a game. That game I didn't even enjoy. That was just I that was just a mission at that point. I, I remember before you played that game, I looked at it and said,
1: God, like so I, I'm not a big graphics guy. I, I love my Nintendo.
0: I do but, like games to have a level of polish look, or smoothness. I know, I agree, but let me get, let me get back to my point was is All that right. um, there's there's in my eyes there's environment type graphics right, and then there's the other side of it that people you could look at from like um, let's say characters character graphics where you know it's really the the people or or you know or even the way um, the characters battle, right? Um, I, I am a hundred percent more focused on the environment more than anything, you know? And I don't even mind, like, I actually prefer our cartoony-ish type look. So like the Zeldas of the worlds, right? Mm -hmm. Um, stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, maybe it's because I've always played Nintendo, but, um, I don't, I, I don't know. It feels weird. You see some of these newer games, almost like you're, you're playing a movie. You know, right. what's, your, what's your thought on, like, that style? Well, and Last of Us would be described that way. Like, it's all uh,
1: motion capture. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is motion captured. Even when they're talking, they're, their mouths are sinking and all that jazz. And I, I've never been a super fan of it. I'm not against it. I mean, the Tomb Raider games are among my favorite of all time. But I'm, I'm always looking for gameplay, and a game like Last of Us really should have blown me away, just because of the, the, the rugged mm-hmm. realism, and it and it didn't. Um, but I enjoyed the gameplay. Like I said, I enjoyed the story, and maybe the story comes across a lot better that because of the realism. Because if you think about the story of Xenoblade, I like the story overall of Xenoblade. Yeah. But but dialogue to dialogue, like when the characters are talking to one another the story doesn't connect. It's so complicated. And it the is. characters just have this unnatural style because, you know, it's, it's okay. It's, it, they don't film it the same way. But mm-hmm. when, you're, when the characters are interacting, like when you finish an action sequence in Last of Us and the characters start interacting, sometimes while you're just walking to the next area you need to go, you're not even in a cutscene. scene, like you really are engaged with their conversation. You're hearing this, these little mundane conversations that end up meaning so much. Mm-hmm. But how much of that is the graphics? I don't I don't know. Um, And and I I feel like I have to go back a really long time before a game where I saw the graphics and it just blew me away as something like, wow. And I and I honestly and it's really weird as I thought about this today. It goes back to the N64 when uh, Mario 64 came out. Yeah, I remember seeing that, and I was in awe because I didn't have Good. it. I didn't have the console.
0: But let me you ask know? you this: You wow. think it's? Do you think it's like the graphics? Like for example, let's think of Breath of the Wild, right? I mean, yeah. Because let's let's be honest, Breath of the Wild looks awesome, but you compare that to any other Xbox or PlayStation game, it probably doesn't look that impressive, right? No. no. So, but but my point is 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 go back to the original statement I said is. Is it the graphics or is it the design of the world environment that puts you in awe, right? So is it that Breath of the Wild when you're standing up on one of the towers and you're looking out and it's just, it's Zelda. So one, it's the world you're looking in. And two, it's just, you know, oh, there's, there's the lake, there's Goron Mountain over there, there's the Zora Kingdom. And it's like, it's just that nostalgia that goes back into your mind for a second there. And it's the familiarity and you're just seeing it all. You know, because I, uh... to me, I think that's what it is. It's not so much that it's crystal clear and there's there's nothing wrong with it, you know?
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's that. that. Yeah, certainly those moments in Breath of the Wild stand out. Sorry.
0: So, um, so let me ask you this then. Let's mm-hmm. talk about sports games for a second. We'll, we'll use baseball, for example, <laughs> because I know you're a baseball guy, right? Mm-hmm. I personally, I this is going to be weird to say, but like I almost would prefer like, like a Mario baseball to an MLB. Oh, just absolutely. Because, just because, and not, it, I, I, I just, I think it's more fun, and 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 it's probably the same thing with like a, even a golf game or or a thing about football. I mean, you look at the NFL games and then compare them to like the you know the old NFL blitz or what do you have mutant lead football, where I think you can do stuff differently with you know gravity and the way the body can get hit. So it's just it's You know, you you watch video sometimes of the NFL and it's exactly what you would think. But like a big hit in a cartoon game versus a big hit in an NFL game is different because NFL is realistic. You know, you're not going to knock the dive back five feet. But in the cartoon game, you can. Right.
1: So I I think the sports games capture, like you said, MLB, the show, like when a trailer comes on for MLB show, like, okay, they're going to announce MLB 2020. Right. Yep. They can show these realistic renders of these players, um, whatever player they're gonna like, you know, say, oh, is gonna be Pete Alonzo is gonna be the guy, and we're gonna see him sweating, and we're gonna see him in the training room, and he's gonna be talking, and everyone gets all hyped up, like, oh yeah, I can't wait for the new MLB to come out. Yeah. I love super mega baseball, which yeah. is a much more cartoony looking baseball, but they focus so dead on with the gaming mechanics and the mechanics are so much fun. That that's just a more enjoyable game. Um, and a lot of the sports games suffer the same problem, especially like the NBA games. When there's like, I remember this, you get fouled, you go to the free throw line, right? And yeah. you have to shoot, you know, the free throw. And it's like some complicated mechanic or whatever. You shoot the free throw, you make it. And then your guy is like going over and doing little hand slap and butt <laughs> slap with the guy's. Yeah. 'Cause they're trying to make it like real NBA. And, and, and it that's is okay. That's, that's No, good. it's not. It's like well, Because I'm sitting down playing a video game and it's like this waste of time where it's like you're trying to get realism, but this isn't the real NBA. This is a video game, and just let me shoot the next free throw. And they force you to skip the cutscene. So you're constantly having to hit,
0: you know, minus to, to skip the cutscene all the time. But there's people out there that want that, right? There's people that love and eat that up, John. I, I agree. Me and you, I think, are maybe on the other side of that where I agree. I don't want to. I, I, we've talked about this before with cutscenes in The Witcher. I don't I don't need the, the fucking merchant to tell me every time, oh, hey, welcome to the merchant. What can I do for yes. you? Yes. Oh, my God. And it's a cut so scene. Do I, I don't need that. And it's the, the same, same thing one. here. But there's people out there that love that. They want to see that. I don't I, know. I personally don't. I, I think it's too much, right? And I think that we've talked about this in the past episodes where what's too much, right, for these games? And, like, how much money and time did they put into that little cutscene of the guy <laughs> high-fiving his teammates? Right. And, and that goes to the creation of the graphics and all that. But,
1: like, yeah, like, wh- when you play The Witcher, I mean, honestly, the game is big. It's open or whatever. Did you, did you play it for the graphics, like I, I felt like I mean and the and the game is you know it's it's older. I'm not I'm not going to be unfair. I mean this is the same team doing Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk looks like a much better game. Not looks graphically like a better game. But like if the if the Witcher look was in like a cel-shaded format like Wind Waker or maybe even more realistically Breath of the Wild. Would
0: it be as fun? Yeah. I think so. I think I think it would be. So I can honestly say I've never played a video game based on the graphics well, you played Pine. <laughs> so that, that, that proves my point. Exactly, yeah. And
1: see, like, I, I don't need amazing graphics, obviously, because I'm a Nintendo kid, too. Yeah. But what I do need is give me a good frame rate or at least make the game polished. Like, you know, when the when the game goes to a cutscene, I don't want to see a glitch, uh, you know, or something like that. I want the game to be nice and polished like Fire Emblem Three Houses was a game where the graphics weren't going to blow you away.
0: But the characters and everybody—they were so polished-looking and well-rendered. I think that's what Nintendo I it. does so well, right? They—they they don't push their limits. I mean, look at some of the new Mario games. Even look at—I mean, Mario Party itself. Like, it looks spectacular. Yes. I think you know. Yeah, you know. So all of those—I mean—they're—they're they're vibrant. They're crisp. They're smooth. There's there's no issues. I mean, yeah. some of the newer Mario games are fantastic as far as graphics. Now it's a different type of graphics, sure, but it's still very polished, like you said. I think that's the key, right? Polished is what you want. Um, yeah. Maybe not necessarily, you know, 1080, but or or whatever the hell's after that nowadays. I don't know, but it's <laughs> not. It, it's fine as long as it's polished, you know. Right. Yeah, I it's. It's definitely something I think. Some I
1: think they it works really well for trailers. It works for hype levels, um, and I'm I'm sure there's people out there that will appreciate a game for its realistic graphics. I see it on Twitter all the time. A lot of the a lot of the people I follow, they'll post. You know, you see screenshots from Final Fantasy VII. You see, fi- you know, pictures from uh, mm-hmm. Last of Us Two, and it's like, wow, look at this, look at it. So, and I'm looking at it, going, okay, yeah, that's well rendered, but. Uh you know, what's the game like? I don't mm-hmm. care. Like I I I'm not looking Agreed. at my
0: graphic going, I need to play that game. It's so that's it's, a good example. That yeah. that and that's actually what I wanted to just bring up. Let's let's talk about a game that me and you both love very dear to our heart, Diablo. So mm-hmm. Blizzard itself is unique and they're in a lead to their own, right? We get that. But if you look at some of the, the you know, the the cutscenes and the promotionals of, of what Blizzard I mean Mortal Kombat, actually I can't speak to Mortal Kombat because so I didn't play it, but but Diablo. They had some amazing realistic type cutscenes and graphics. But then when you play the game, it's completely different, right? Right. So what's your opinion? And I, and I don't think Diablo ever tried to do, or 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 pretend that their graphics was one way or the other. I mean, that game everyone knows what that game is. No, but my yeah. point is, is is what's your take on that type of style where your game is a little bit different, but your cutscenes are super. You're watching like a a big time movie production. Right. I remember
1: the first time I played Diablo three, and you mm. see that opening cutscene, and then like the it destroys the building that the guy is mm. in, and he falls down the pit. And I was like, wow! Like it actually got me hyped to play yeah. the game. Um, and they use that on the, the promotional material. They always do yeah. the cut scenes in their promotional material. And then you play the game and you're like, oh, OK, this is just like a third, you know, third person over the top kind of dungeon yeah. game. And Diablo 3 Diablo is a great example of the graphics don't blow you away at all, but they no. are just perfectly polished. The frame mm. rate holds up. Everything is smooth. There's no weird interactions. Everything is so smooth. And that's what I love to see. Whereas if I played another game like that, like I played, um, oh, my God, what was the other game that came out before Diablo? Uh, uh, I can't remember what it is, but you, you were like- a ma- you were in a no, I think it's the same people, though. You were a magician. You had wands, uh, nine parchments. Oh, yeah. Um, I played nine parchments because I wanted a Diablo type game. And that wasn't I was like, Blizzard. Let's try it. And it wasn't no, no, it wasn't Blizzard. Oh. But it came out before Diablo 3. Gotcha. And the graphics were okay in that game, but like it the, sometimes the frame rate dipped a little bit and it just wasn't polished. And you could go on different platforms, and there's just something not quite right about the graphics mm-hmm. that always kind of bugs you. I finished the game, but it doesn't have that polish like Diablo does. And then when it you does, said yeah. you were gonna play Torchlight, I yes. mean I, I was kinda like, eh, because You are the fence. Yeah, because it's like, uh, it doesn't look quite as comfortable as Diablo does. And Diablo is repetitive and whatever, but it's like, I don't know. It's just something comfortable about playing Diablo and, you know, losing a couple
0: hours on it. It was. So let me ask you this question, then. Um, You look at a game like Diablo, and then let's use Xenoblade. Those are two fresh in our mind. Mm -hmm. Where Diablo does these, like I said, movie-quality cutscenes... Where Xenoblade actually does the same graphics as the gameplay. Right? Correct. What's your take on that? What would you prefer or or what I mean, what's what's just your overall take? Um when they when they do the gameplay, same as, you know, the cutscenes or vice or, or the other way around. I mean the cutscenes are always a little bit better. I don't know, I don't know how I never understand
1: how games A little do bit, that. but not much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I versus mean, they... Diablo, which is completely different.
1: Yeah, it's like it's a different team and everything like
0: yes. that. Yeah, your, what I, I, what do I don't mind it.
1: On. There's a ton of games where the uh, the cutscenes are kind of in place. In, in fact, um, Catherine was like that. There was actually two kinds of cutscenes. There were cutscenes where they just had the the character models in there, and you can tell they were a little bit more robotic and that sort of thing. And then there was these like anime hand drawn um, m- movie clips. And those were really engaging to see. And you, it kind of made you feel like you were seeing what the character really looks like. And then you come back to the game and you're like, okay, this is the 3D rendering of the character. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I don't know if I have a feeling either way. I think if, as long as it's done smoothly, like Fire Emblem had that too, where they have these cutscenes And then they have the in-game renders. I don't mind it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, okay. As long
1: as it's done well. Uh, my biggest problem with Xenoblade was just the roboticness of like the interactions and just too much dialogue, but it's not graphical related. Yeah. It's not the graphical. Dialogue was. I, I, I got a question for you, Drew. Sure. Um, you know, we started playing game. What, what was your first generation of games? Were you an NES kid or, uh, when did you say, start?
0: Well, John, I'm 30. What am I? 33. Right. So I would, I mean, I played the NES I kind of skipped over the Super NES just because my grandmother bought me a Sega, so maybe I'm the cheater. But I would say either (laughs) that—I mean, I have a lot of memories of the NES and the Sega. But I think like the real hard, like hours of hours, you know, in the mom's (laughs) basement with my friends was probably the N64, and then and then into GameCube. So the N64. So now we've
1: seen like, uh, yeah, uh, (laughs) we've seen graphics improve since the N64, and. Has there ever been a time where you were playing a video game and the graphics had gotten to a point where you became attracted to a character in the game?
0: Yeah, so I think if anybody says N64, I I just can't. I mean, you had the pointy tits then. I mean, that was it. That's all you could do. (laughs) But the GameCube era started introducing a little bit smoother body features. And I can think particularly... Believe it or not, I played a lot of 007 games in my life. Mm-hmm. Um specifically GameCube Nightfire. I believe there was a chick named Dominique. And um Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was probably the the want for me there. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture right now. <laughs> and um I just I just I think that was kind of where you know, you got the James Bond going on and you just got um, some pictures and um, there you go. So I think that was the first time as a video right. game yeah, where they started to... And plus that game, I mean, 007, the natural um, story of that, you had a little bit of that sexual, you know, tension there. So I think that was kind of also a first time, you know, because N64 had Goldeneye and stuff. But again, this was more of the storyline. They had cut scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of, this game, by the way, was one of my favorite games. A side topic here was because you could do death matches in Nightfire up to eight people. But the beauty of it was is um, you could have computer players doing death matches. So we used to do, me and my buddy would do capture the flag two versus six people on the computer. What a blast. <laughs> Anyhow, what about you? What was your first? Um...
1: I've never had like a gaming hottie, really. But like, yeah, like I think... I think it took a long time for that to occur. And then like characters like Bayonetta and the Wii U um, were just like, like, whoa, like look at this character, you know? And I, and I, I'm big on female characters. Like I love my female characters. I usually make them with like crazy hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I still, I think even n 64 era, like Joanna, Joanna dark um, from the perfect dark series mm-hmm. where I don't even Resident think it Evil. was, I don't think it was like, no, no, no. The perfect. No, game. no, but I'm saying her too. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. Um, where the games started to be, it wasn't so much the character models, because like you said, they're very polygons, like all over the place. Oh yeah. Um, but it was just that they were becoming these like core, central female characters. Whereas like when when it's a character in the game, it has a different feel than if it's your character, um, and you become more attached to them. But yeah, I mean, games like like you you played The Witcher. And you're, you have these female characters are in the game, and you're like, I want to bang them. I want to bang. Them. I want to see what it looks. Like. I want to see what like she looks like naked, you know. Um, and I didn't really play many of the Rockstar games that sort of like started a lot of that. But uh, yeah, even like in the middle of The Witcher, I was like, I want to see what she looks like naked. I want to. I'm gonna do all her side missions or whatever. And then you get this little thrill of like, yeah, she's naked. And it's like, this is a video game character. And I'm playing a video game. This is this is sad and pathetic, but. You know, like that's a game that does have graphics that can do it. Um I wouldn't say graphics have ever like ruined a game for me. Um but yeah, it's an interesting question. As we get to the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, and these graphics are going to take another leap ahead and it doesn't really appear like we're seeing a real big difference in the graphics. We're just seeing a difference in the sand. That they're walking on, and the the crumbly walls they're walking by. Um, I'm curious if other people um, are going to have the same experience where mm-hmm. it just doesn't matter anymore. Um, you know, it when you jump from the Nintendo to the Super Nintendo, there were a lot of games that were made for both systems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ninja Turtles games. Um, one of my favorite, Smash TV. Um, that was a game that is on both. And multiple times I would buy the NES version like now thinking, oh, I love this game. And then you get it and you go, this doesn't seem right. And then you realize, oh, no, I played this on the Super Nintendo. That's when the graphics really had a noticeable impact. I just don't think the next generation of systems is going to have that noticeable impact. The game. Yes, the graphics will technically be better and grittier and realistic and whatever. But I don't think your brain is going to pick up on it at all. It's going to go, "Okay, yeah. That that sand looks sandier. That water looks waterier, Right? <laughs> but, yep. okay, but I'm still playing a game, and I'm still looking for the, the best game experience to have. And at what I, point does I, it not matter?
0: At which point is it too much? I mean, let, let's be honest. We, we play games to sometimes escape the world and reality, right? So... You know, it's a different thing to sit on your couch and you're not watching a movie. You're you're playing a, a video game. And and to me, like we talked about, sometimes that cartoonish type look or that's cell shaded or or the, the, the hand drawn artsy style or the 16 bit, whatever it might be, is um I think I think that's a video game and it always will be a video game in my eyes. And and maybe that's because I'm I got the Nintendo blinders on and I know that there's a far chance we'll never get to that other side of it but i don't i don't know if i want that other side of it you know i i like i like we said i i don't i mean keep it there keep it there for the people that want it or need it but i don't i don't need it i don't need it john you know yeah last question for you before we move on if you were
1: playing pine on a console that rendered like i don't know what the what the problems with pine were, like a lot of pop-in um bad frame rate uh the graphics look a little little muddy Uh, but if you were were, right (laughs) if you were playing that let's say you were playing that on an xbox um and there was no pop-in and the graphics are all looked way better and the frame rate was like 60 frames a second Mm -hmm. do you think you would have enjoyed that game more certainly not less but do you think you would have enjoyed it more
0: no no, I, I I don't think it would have made a huge difference for me, to be honest. I mean, I, I guess it's hard to say. I mean, of course, if it was a crisper, cleaner world to explore, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. But um, I mean, the gameplay was so unique and different that I think it is what it is. I, I don't think it would have made me like or hate the game hmm. anymore. I truly don't. Interesting. Yep. It doesn't okay. that, I mean, let's be honest, John, if it truly affected me, I would have not put 25 hours into that game <laughs> I mean that's, that's the fact Shocked <laughs> Alright
1: well we got A few listener questions um, Really interesting ones this week So uh, let's, let's answer them Right, drew we have two questions two good ones from the community um first one comes from uh third strongest mole have you heard of him oh, um, big fan big fan yeah. of sam he, yeah he's my third favorite um since it's come up before regarding metroidvania what game genres do you think need better names i always thought adventure game was entirely nondescriptive. aren't most games about adventures <laughs> yes. Yes, Mole, they are. Um I agree with you on that one. Yeah, um that's... funnily enough, I I think Metroidvania is um weird because I think a lot of like when you think of Metroidvania, you think of you get to like you get blocked and then you have to go find an item and then you can get past that item. Like, isn't that like Legend of Zelda? Like Legend of Zelda is all mm-hmm. about that.
0: Yeah, right? I a hundred percent agree. Metro Metroidvania, Metroidvania has always been Kind of a weird one for me. And and it's almost like I instantly think of um like space, also spookiness. Like it, it almost mm-hmm. I don't know why it always draws well, Metroid me to in genre. Castlevania. Yeah. It is, and it almost <laughs> draws me to that, right? Which is weird because it's not necessarily just that genre. Right. Um uh, the other one that's always bothered me, and, and call me crazy, maybe I just don't understand, is an RPG or a junior RPG. Because yeah. I think everybody has a different definition of what they mean, right? Right. I mean, it goes back to Mole's adventure game. Isn't every video game a role-playing game that you're pretending you're somebody else? And I never understood what the hell's the difference really between a junior and a regular. Um, I mean, I get some people consider RPGs are where you can update stats or you can kind of merge your character to go down one path or the other or different professions or things like that, but... Um, in my eyes, every game to me is a role playing, and then you know, then you add the word in there of a junior RPG, and it's just like how, it, it, how, that is not what JRPG stands for. It's Japanese. It's the same thing. It's all whatever you wanted to call it, John. <laughs> You've never heard the term junior RPG. There is no such term as a junior RPG. I'm telling you, there is. What is a junior RPG like? I don't. I don't even know what an RPG is nowadays. No dude, hundred percent. I'd I'd put money on that.
1: <laughs> well, let I me mean, let I me mean, I'll give you the one that I don't like. Um roguelike. I hate the term roguelike. When when I say to you, Drew, um, what is the main um feature of a roguelike, right? And I say this game is a roguelike, what's the first things that come to your mind?
0: The first thing that comes to mind is a roguelike would be um die and start over, which is weird because that's every fucking video game in a
1: way. Well, in a roguelike it's generally like, when you die well, you have to start the entire game
0: over. Correct, but certain things, right, should carry over with you. But that that's where it gets tricky. Right? Sure, yeah. What type of unlockable stay, what kind of weapon stay, health st- upgrades stay, right? That, right? that, to me, is a roguelike.
1: I can tell you, I can talk to you all day about like, I roguelike games that you know, you do maintain some level of upgrade versus no, you have to start completely from the beginning again. Um, And most games do actually give you some sort of like, uh, you know, they'll unlock something for you, whatever. But, but besides that, if you look up the definition of what a roguelike is, the, the real def as much as there is a real definition, because there's no, there's no roguelike police here. um, They'll describe it like this. They'll say it's permadeath. Okay. Yes. Procedural Mm -hmm. levels. So that basically means they're randomized up. Okay. Yeah, lots of lots of roguelike games have that. we we see that with Binding of Isaac. We see that with a lot of, a lot of games, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes, it has to be a dungeon-based game. I mean it's like, what? Oh, I, a dungeon-based yeah. game? That's very specific, isn't it? Then they says it has to be turn based. And that's when that's when I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, no way. Tile-based graphics? Like what? So The reason the term roguelike comes from a game called rogue from like the 70s. It was a little ASCII game kind of thing. Right. And the term roguelike is really specific to games that are just like rogue. And I understand. Yes, the term is roguelike. But nowadays, I think roguelike should apply to pretty much every game where when you die, you have to start from the beginning again. That's what a roguelike is to me. That's what it is. And I don't want to hear this dungeon stuff. Like, what's a dungeon? Mm-hmm. Like, the only game that I can think of that actually is in a dungeon, there's a couple. Binding of Isaac, which is in a dungeon, mm-hmm. and Enter the Gungeon, which is in a dungeon, right? But, like, some of my favorite roguelike games, they're they are not dungeons. they could, what, What's the difference between a dungeon and an overworld? I think it's a stupid thing to describe about a game. Like, what, I agree with that. and And you're describing an environment uh, pretty much which is yeah and then tile based like tile based games are a remnant of uh, a time when that's the only way to make a game but nowadays you don't need tile based games because you can render a full environment but that shouldn't make it you know not a rogue like game so there is this term called rogue light which is really dumb because what does rogue light mean like a light version of rogue or like it's look, if the game is permadeath, it's roguelike. That's it. Period. End of story. That's what a roguelike is.
0: Yeah, I don't want to hear the
1: term roguelite or roguelike like. It's so dumb. Everyone mm. knows what you're talking about with a genre. And these genres are so nonspecific anyway, like we just said. Um, so really, just can we just call every permadeath game roguelike and move on? <laughs> I mean, into the breach is a roguelike. Yes, that one actually has turn-based uh, play. And tile and
0: tile-based, right?
1: And it's tile-based. Oh, but it's not in a dungeon. <laughs> you know, it's like that's like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. So
0: I hear. Uh, it. I mean, it's yeah. a great question. I think it should be a whole topic almost. But yeah. um, I agree. I I think it's funny with the adventure game and the RPGs and roguelike. All this, it's 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 merging out of what um. I mean, it's, stuff's developing; it's changing, right? It, it's constantly changing. So.
1: Well, a genre is supposed to help you understand what the kind of game is, but yeah, it's like they, they don't don't take them too specifically. Agreed. Yeah, just, just don't. All right. What's our next question we got here, John? Next question. Um, what? Okay, so here I lost myself here. What if the Wii U had the same launch year lineup that the Switch did, as far as game releases? Do you think that that would have had the same impact? that it did with the switch or not or what if the wii u gamepad had the ability to be portable like the switch um this comes from Dad fast there is a second part to this question but let's just like stop there for now yep. um thank you Dad fast for the question um i'll take a stab at this one sure. um for a while when i had the wii u i regarded it as my favorite console of all time I look back at that now and I go, no, 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 I'm insane. Like it's not, it's not near my favorite console. I love the Wii U. Don't get me wrong. And if, if not for all of the ports we've seen from the Wii U to the Switch, mm-hmm. I would say that Wii U has this fantastic library of games. You have to go play, right? If none of those games were ported away from it. um, But the Wii U had some really serious flaws and I don't know if a Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey is that. Where, like we're thinking when we say the well, first year, like Breath what's of the, the Wild.
0: What's the flaw?
1: Here's the flaw. When you get a console and you open the box for the first time, we all remember that that feeling of, oh, look at this. It's in the plastic. You pull the little plastic off. The thing about the Wii U was that, I mean, even before that, when they introduced the thing. We didn't even know if it was a new console or not. We thought it was like maybe a Wii like accessory or something like that. And then you found out, oh, yeah, it is a new console. And you're like, what does the console look like? And it was like the most generic looking thing that you've ever seen. And you're like, that's it. okay. And then it comes out. And when you take it out of the box for the first time, it already feels old. And at that time, we already had an iPad. I think we had an iPad, too. I'd have to look that up. But we already had iPads, and they were like really thin and sleek, and the screens looked great even at the time. And then you pull out a Wii U gamepad, and it's this little screen, and the screen looked like shit. You know what I mean?
0: No, it did. I don't. It I don't. Good. I, I, I I am the complete opposite of how you feel. Huh? I. I think the Wii U and why it wasn't successful is a totally different story. I, I, I don't know. I'd have to do some research. I'm not gonna just spit out, you know, but I, I'd have to look at what else was out at the time and all this stuff. To mug me, and I think we'll get to his, his 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 follow-up answers after this would be for me personally, not maybe as the market, it was a huge success. The Wii U made me play video games completely different it took me from i would say a mediocre time spent playing video games at that point in my life to an avid to a way out there i played so many hours of video games let me let me say something here that's going to shock you to me the wii u and besides graphically there's no difference in my eyes from the Wii U to the Switch. I do not take the Switch on the road. I play the Switch on my couch 90% of my time. I played the Wii U on my couch 90% of the time. There was no difference. So there was never once in my life that I said, I wish the Wii U could come with me in the car. The Wii U did exactly what I needed as a gamer. It let me play on the couch while someone else could watch TV. Right. It did exactly. In fact... The Wii U did more than the Switch does, where when I wanted to play Zelda on the TV, I could do it, and I didn't have to friggin' push pause to change stuff. I could simply use the touch screen in my hands. It actually was more options than the Switch. It actually did more than the Switch does in my eyes. So for me, you don't understand, someone that doesn't take it on the go or in the car or to work or anything like that. <laughs> It actually had more features for me.
1: It had Netflix. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but, but I, from the point of view of the question, to be fair now, the Wii U was, was a dud, right? It sold 14 million units. Last I checked, the Switch has sold 59 million units. It
0: was, it was a dud, but I think he brings up a valid point of why was it a dud? What was I, the, so, what was wrong with it? It was so, it was game changer in my eyes, right? Yeah, I hundred I, percent I agree with you. I think you brought up some great points on the confusing part of the marketing aspect of the, what the Wii U did. Oh, that oh, was it was a very poor, yeah. very poor, and very what? Do we, I mean, why would you name a successor of your console Wii U? It, I a hundred percent agree with you. I'm not. i I've never been sure that the
1: name was the ending. I mean, we have Xbox Two, Xbox Three, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three. Um, sure, Wii U is a little bit confusing. You don't know if it's a sequel or an accessory. But like I said, that screen was garbage. And I remember when the Wii U was out, saying I really wish they'd put out a new one with a much better screen because well, you, like you said, you you could play a game on the gamepad. A lot of those games you could play on a gamepad, like when Bayonetta Two came out. It didn't have a gamepad component. It just had the same thing Something on the screen. Really yep. So you could take it off the TV and play it on the gamepad, which I would do because, you know, it wasn't kid friendly. Yeah. But man, watching it on the little gamepad screen, it was gross. And I was like, oh, I really want to play this on the TV. It looks so much nicer. But, and I'm playing this shitty, this shitty pad that that <laughs> shitty and, pad. and they never updated it. But. One other thing. So I did some research because we want to talk about, like, what is the first-year launch lineup? Now, for Switch, we'd say Breath of the Wild, Splatoon 2, um, I'll say ARMS. I'm just going to say ARMS. Um, Mario Odyssey, and then Xenoblade 2, right? Those were all first-year, okay? And if you want to go full first-year, I'll throw Celestin, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay, here we go. Now, I remember about the Wii U that a game would come out, you'd play through it, and you would wait months for the next Nintendo game to come out because that's just how it worked. Mm-hmm. They weren't so willing. Really, there was no third-party support after the first year, and it was just a big, big wait until Color Splash came out, and then you played it. I went back to look at the Wii U launch titles. Now, there was actually a lot of games at launch. There were way more games at launch than there were on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the exclusive ones were Tank Tank Tank, Nintendo Land, New Super Mario Bros. U, and Zombie U. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the like the new Nintendo exclusive titles. Um, yep. there was a bunch of uh, there was a bu- I don't know if you remember, a lot of people forget this. There was a lot of third-party titles even at launch. Um Black Ops 2, Assassin's Creed 3, Darksiders 2, Batman, Arkham, oh, City, DarkSide. Arkham Edition, mm-hmm. Madden NFL 13. They were they had a pretty big launch lineup, but just to focus on Let's just say Zombie U, New Super Mario Brothers U, and Nintendo Land, right? Mm-hmm. A, 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 an okay launch. Obviously, there's like an adult game, and then there's two family-friendly games, and that's it. And the adult game had bad reviews, okay? It, it didn't have good reviews. Zombie U was one of my favorite games in the Wii U. I love Zombie oh, yeah. U, but it, did, yep. it didn't get good reviews, and that really hurt it. Um, whereas you look at the Switch very much less in terms of like launch titles, but they had obviously breath of the wild, right? That was like, and that was really like the only game, um, unless you liked some of third party games, it really had a very bad launch, mm-hmm. except that it had one of the best games of all time at launch. Um, but the thing with the Wii U is check this out. This is crazy after launch. And that the launch was November 17th. I believe it was near my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, November 17th, 2012. I always remember 2012. The next Nintendo game that came out. How many months do you think before the next Nintendo game came out? Uh You will not believe it. Six months. Close. Eight months. Wow. And you know what that was? It was new Super Luigi U. (laughs) The, (laughs) The expansion. <laughs> and you know, for the most part, not many people played that game. Then Game and Wario came out three days after that, so Game and Wario was really like the next game. And then it took another month and a half till Pikmin three came out.
0: Right, better track record than we we'll got right now on the Switch. Right,
1: then we got a Wind Waker port, and then it was uh, May of 2013 um, when uh, Mario Kart came out. No, I think it was 2014. Mario
0: was there Kart eight. Did no New Zelda on the Wii U. Um,
1: there was no New Zelda on the Wii U.
0: That's crazy, huh?
1: And that was well, Breath of the Wild was supposed to come out, supposed to come out, and then I think they sort of like decided to just wait until the Switch release because it well, it it, Breath of the Wild did come out on the Wii U, but I don't know if we want to count that as I don't really can't really count as the Switch, yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, a New Zelda game did come out on the Wii U technically, Hmm. um, but yeah, like. You're talking about that thing. That thing launched and then didn't have any Nintendo game for eight months. That is insanity. Like any any eight month gap to me is insane. But you're talking about after launch, you just go dead silent for that long.
0: I think well, that, I, I think that led to its death. I agree. Yeah,
1: and uh, the lack of third party support to, to fill that in because. You know, we, we, we're, we're getting, you know, less well, Nintendo releases now on the Switch. Not not eight months, but mm. but the third-party games are like, oh, oh, well, there's no Nintendo game coming out. Well, I think I'll go play CrossCode. I think I'll go play this game, that game, Catherine. You know, like, there's so many games you can play. You don't even miss it. But, like, yeah. on the Wii U, remember, a game would come out, a game would come out. And then I remember Mario Kart, when that was coming out, it was like, okay, we're going to hit reset on this whole Wii
0: U thing. Mario Kart's coming out yeah, and, and then and that, did, that didn't do anything. No, you know what the problem was is I think the third party support struggled, right? Because you have this new system with this new feature that no one has ever done before, right? this this right. handheld pad. And I don't think they really knew what to do. And at the time, and what I hear is it was very difficult to develop for the Wii U. Very, very difficult. So what do you do? Because if to utilize that feature correctly, you needed to develop a game that worked on the TV that had menu-type options on the team pad, which is a new development that they've never done before, right? So I think that hurt them a little bit, and then working with Nintendo, and I think the ter- Nintendo learned a lot from that and third-party support and, and and made that transition with the Switch, right? That was one of their big pushes. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're a third-party company and you're trying to decide, should I make a Wii U port,
1: it's not just like, let's just get this running on the hardware. It becomes... Oh my God, we have to make a whole new set of screens and kind of functionality for the gamepad. And then after a couple of years, everybody just quit on that, right? The games to me that I remember working the best on the gamepad were like, um, Rayman Legends, Zombie U, but those were all made for the Wii U. They weren't like ported. Like I can't even think of a game off the top of my head that was ported to the Wii U that had gamepad functionality. It just didn't happen. Um... And and to answer DataFest's question, you know, if the Wii U gamepad had the same ability as a Switch, if the Wii U gamepad had the same capability as a Switch, it would have been much more successful. No, I mean, no doubt, and it's not going to be worse. Um, I mean, if you take that Wii U gamepad in the car, that's that would have been huge,
0: but right? I, because uh, you're still play? playing games 720p. But at the same time, that's when the 3DS was in its prime, right? So, yeah,
1: I, but. The, the 3DS wasn't playing games like Bayonetta 2 on it.
0: No, they were playing other... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I 100% it would have been better. I don't yes. know if it was a nearly its success. I mean, would it have sold 20? Maybe. But would it have sold 30? I don't think so. It would have sold over 20. I think it would have
1: sold a little bit over 30. I don't know. if it, I, It's not going to get to the Switch level. Because when you took the Switch out of the box... That... Felt like technology. That felt well, like something. I think
0: cool. I mean, the switch merged right. What was so successful with the Wii
1: mm-hmm. and
0: what was successful with the Wii U, right? The the gamepad feature and the tr- and yeah. the and the playing on the, the couch. That yeah. they merged the two, and I mean it's it's the perfect system. I don't know. I mean I I hate to always say I don't know how they get improve for this because Nintendo finds a way, but it is the ultimate. Um, System, I can't see them ever going away from a tablet type game controller. I just can't, can't yeah. I think, I think some new tech, cloud tech, or something will come
1: in and um render it useless. I think they're going to stay in the in the kind of the tablet thing for now on.
0: I think they Um, always have to,
1: real quick. So, this is the end of his question. Um, also, what do you think it would have taken for the Wii U to have been commercially successful? I think we kind of covered that. Yeah, with the
0: development uh, portion and stuff like they, that.
1: Yeah, they needed to get third parties in. I think the two screen thing was great. And I, like, that, that's what makes the Wii U so great. Games like Nintendo Land, mm-hmm. Zombie U, Rayman, those games that really use that second screen um, were great. They were so much fun. And it, it'll never, you'll never see it again. It'll never be replaced. And that's why Wii U is always a great system to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also scared third parties away like hell. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then you had to play on that shitty LCD screen because it really <laughs> was bad. Um, for him, he says it'll always be a success in his opinion. And me too. You know what? As I say all the time, this is all subjective, man. If hey, you think, if yeah. you
0: love the Wii U, you love the Wii U. Nobody should ever take that away from you. Hundred percent agree. Like I said, it changed the way I play video games and forever will. that mm-hmm. yeah. just did so yeah I agree. it was objectively it was a failed system
1: didn't sell well um that's fair um it doesn't mean it was a bad system it was a great system um and i'm glad they've a lot of those games off of it and i, I still think there's a few more that they should
0: <laughs> i think they may um all right i think that's gonna wrap us up john what do you say anything else i think that wraps us up the wii u forever i think is uh what
1: we're saying and uh yeah, we're going to ban the roguelike and uh, R- and Junior
0: RPG. Hey, I, you know what? You never got back to me on that. What is it Junior RPG? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I <laughs> probably might be wrong. I, I do. Like there's <laughs> Think you might be wrong, Drew? You think? <laughs> you know what? We want to thank the Nintendo dads uh, for letting us be part of their amazing um, family of podcasts. So thank you. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to uh, Dad dad's After the dark show and all of your favorite podcast apps and feeds. And if you really want to head over to Nintendo dads and join their Patreon for a little dollar a month, it will get you access to their discord channel where we have our dad's After the dark channel, which is the coolest place to hang out, um, and submit questions to us and all that fun stuff. We, uh, we do, so, you know, we'll talk about monthly mayhem on there. It gets you access to monthly mayhem, all that good stuff. And, um, Big shout out to John for running our amazing uh, Twitter page. He has some amazing comments and um, polls. hundred
1: followers.
0: We hit a hundred followers this week. We hit hundred. All of you. Not because of me. I haven't been tweeting out, but um, we want to thank that. So make sure you go over there. And that is at the letter N, Dads After Dark. And you can send questions as there as well. So uh, before we say goodbye, John, what do we have happening over the next couple of weeks? Well, we're hoping for a Nintendo Direct or
1: something similar. Um, those big rumors were for tomorrow. Um, they always announce them in advance. If we get one tomorrow, it's going to be just like the mini. It's going to be a shadow drop. And I guarantee you, if we get another shadow drop direct, mm. the days of like the two, three day hype cycle are sadly going to be over.
0: What if it's uh, not a direct, but it's the the, the Twitter bombardment of games? Uh, do
1: that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just love the directs. They're like little Christmases, and I'd be sad to see uh, them go. I, I hear. Uh, it. You. We're, we'll see. Yeah. Um, we should hear something in the next couple weeks. Nintendo needs to announce something. So mm. uh, we're, we're all on the watch. But there's a couple of uh, games of note coming out. Um, this one I'm super excited for. This is tomorrow. Panzer Paladin. Um, this was name dropped by someone on Nintendo voice chat, and he was just in love with it. He had seen it a couple years ago at a trade show and I went to go look at it and I just immediately fell in yeah, love. It's cool. Very retro. Oh, it's so good. It does look um, cool. Very retro inspired. Very like, like, you know, that kind of Mega Man, um, uh, hard to describe, but like, like a Mega Man X meets, I don't know. It's just, you have to look at it. Go, go look at a trailer if you haven't. Um, I am all in on this. I, because I'm busy right now, it's on my wish list. Maybe the first sale that comes, I'll grab it. But I am no doubt getting this. Um, mm-hmm. Panzer Paladin, that's coming out tomorrow. And then July 23rd, very popular junior RPG coming out. Um, Crisis <laughs> Remastered. Um, very junior. This is one of the more junior RPG games that we've had. Uh, no, it's not, even, <laughs> not a junior RPG. Um, <laughs> Crisis Remastered is coming out. Um, which is cool, a port, a port to the Switch of a game that I think is fairly old, but um, yeah, for people who like that sort of thing, I think it's a pretty big release. That comes out this Friday. Um, Not much exciting coming after that, and hopefully some, you know, there's always a chance some little indie game surprises you. Like CrossCode came Mm. a couple weeks ago. We didn't mention CrossCode, but uh, a little popular little game. I I got several friends that are playing through it and really like it, so... Um, you never know, but we we just go over the big highlights. Um, we leave it to you to fill everything else in. We don't want we don't want to read thirty names of games off here. We don't mm. we don't want it. Um, but I'm very excited for Panzer Paladin. I'm very. I might play
0: that after Paper Mario. That does look good. I do like that one. Um, so, all right. Well. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this little episode of the 8-Bit Booty and all of its pixelated (laughs) twerking goodness, but uh, thank you so much for listening to the Dads After Dark show.
1: Good night, Dad. Junior RPG.